three, two, one. Get ready for two hours of inane nonsense with your favorite overweight redheads, Fat and Ginger. Yes, good evening ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Broadcast Central here at Mount Dunedin. It's time for episode 485 million of Fat and Ginger and across the desk from me as always, my compadre, Luke Messi. Good evening, Luke. Evening, Tim. It's our last one for the year. It is our last one for the year. I thought we'd get some people over, but then I didn't because I'm disorganised. And I couldn't be bothered either. No, that's right. So it's just you and I. Yeah. But that's just, all right. how that's it started, it. Tim. It's how we like it. It's how we like it. So yeah. we're going to talk about a few things tonight. We're going to talk about trolls in your southern passage. <laughs> we'll elaborate more about that later on. I'm going to talk about uh, how I became a close contact, which allowed me to watch two days of blissful. Dodgy as, mate. Dodgy as. Ricket. You are a scoundrel. Uh, in that's crap. I'm going to talk about roadworks. What are you talking about in that's crap, Lee? I can't remember what I wrote down. Um, so I just had a little swig there. Fresh. Oh, knowledge. <laughs> I wrote down knowledge <laughs> and professionalism. Yeah, yeah why that's not? Right. Usual story of the mailbag, and uh, yeah, we're completely unprepared. So I don't know how this is going to go, but <laughs> why is it any different from how we started the year? No, well that's true. We sort of come full circle, haven't we? We're back to where we started. We're, we're It'll be nice. It'll be useless. All- It'll be organic. Yeah, someone actually asked me the other day at the gig. So we did a gig Saturday night. We did, it was good yeah. to be back, wasn't it? It was, and, it was great. And someone said to me, like, because I had my T-shirt on, I was working the bar, so I didn't have a chance to change, and had the Fat and Ginger T-shirt on. Yeah, I got the same question. And someone said, well, which one are you? Yeah. And I said, well, which one do you think I am? Which? And he goes, I don't know, they're both pretty shit to be. And I thought about it, I thought, that's right. Would you rather be fat or would you rather be ginger? And I was sort of thinking about it, and I thought, it's like watching Pulp Fiction, and saying, who would you rather be? Marcellus Wallace spread out on the table or the gimp? Maybe uh, that's a question we can pose on the Facebook page. Yeah, because everyone you... loves writing into us. Yeah, that's right. It cascades in on a weekly basis. <laughs> would you rather be fat or would you rather be ginger? Yeah, what is it? I don't know. Well, I think we should play a song when we have a think about that. Well, the, the Scientist by Coldplay, so that's like a thinking song. Yeah, about scientific research. <laughs> even ask me you didn't like it did you three out of ten but that's like an older song i thought you would have been into that no it's just whingy sort of why do you like anything that's slow because it's shit what about bohemian rhapsody it's not slow it's got varying different things it's got peaks (laughs) and troughs that what about elton john your song would you like that or let it be or something like that it's slow let it be is all right yeah Yeah. what's wrong with the scientist mate that's like a 2000s version of let it be Oh, steady. <laughs> Even I nearly vomited in Steady, yeah. come on. All right, fair now, enough. Now, I'm going to talk about something very special that happened to me last week. Okay. Now, often we get on here and we whinge and we play the old man we, card. We do? A little bit. Really? I've never noticed. But I'm going to be positive today because something really, really, really good happened last you week. You roared the system, didn't you? I didn't roar the system. Kim. I can show you the text. Kim. Look me in the eyes. Oh, I can. I can show you the text. All right. I know that people at work are going to be listening to this. So yeah. no, no, be no. honest. No, it's all legit. But the fantastic thing is it was legit, but it was complete rot. It's great. Yeah. So, so you honestly rot of the system. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. yeah. I'll explain. So I went to a party at the Torquay Hotel mm-hmm. uh, on the 27th of 
November. Yep. And what was it like, the party? It was good. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, mm. it did well. It was great. Uh, Torquay Hotel, as those of you that have been there will know, is a big, big place. Yeah, a lot of different areas. A lot, lot of different areas. But only one check-in. Ah. So if you're in the beer garden, you check into the same check-in as I checked in. As the function room. The function room, yep. which is a good, what, 200 metres away? Yeah, and never the twine shall meet. No, different entrances, the whole lot. Yeah. So I went to that party on the 27th of November. Last Tuesday, which was, what, the 7th? Of mm-hmm. December. So yeah. a good 10 days after the fact, right? <laughs> I got a text from DHHS saying you are a close contact because of your attendance at the Torquay Hotel. Now, if you did happen to have COVID, yeah. right? How yeah. many people did you come across oh, I know. That's in that I, time? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. So really, is it worth worrying no, about? It's not at all. You know? It's not at all. But you have to do the right thing. Thank you. So we get to that. So I received the message at midnight. I didn't really look at it. Got up the next morning and I'm looking out as I'm driving to work and I thought, I've got to go and get tested. I, I can't not do it. I can't say, nah, don't worry about it because it's 10 days ago and go to mm. work because work would kick my ass. Yep. So I went and got tested. And the rules are these days because I'm double vaccinated, you, they go, right. Now, now hang on. What, what else happened on the day you went and got tested? Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> so this is early in the morning because I was planning to go to work and then I got this. And this. Oh, God, I couldn't possibly go to work now. Okay, what would have happened if I'd gone to work and they found out I'd been in close contact? And no, you're not allowed to do it. That's what, you're not allowed, allowed to do it. Not so allowed to do it. We got tested and I got in early because I was driving to work anyway and the testing place opened at 7. So I was about fifth in line. I had it done by about 7.30 that morning. On the Thursday? On, no, no, on the Wednesday morning. On the Wednesday morning. On the Wednesday morning. And what else happened? And on wait, did, did, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to it. No, because this is the best bit. Right. Well, one of the best bits is that once I had the test done and the lovely nurse, and they're all superheroes, God bless nurses, don't get paid enough. Yep. The lovely nurse goes, this will be ready in 24 to 36 hours. And I said, let's just make it 36, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> now, as you've been trying to arrive at, yeah. on Wednesday the 8th of December, that was the first day of the ashes. Yes, that's what I was getting at. I remember we got a wicket first ball, oh. and I text you thinking you were at work, because you weren't here. Mm. You know, and we live together. We do. And I text you saying, mate, we got a wicket with the first ball. You go, yeah, no, I'm watching it. I go, well, how are you watching it? You work. You, uh, you found a TV at work. You go, no, I've, I've had a COVID test. Uh, like, you are way. joking me. Awesome. And you know what? I've been a big detractor of COVID over the last 18 months, two years. Uh, you know? All of a sudden it works for you. People favor. have talked a lot of shit about COVID, but it's come up trumps. <laughs> so got- and, and how long did it take to get your result? 36 hours. Yeah. <laughs> He must have put it in the back section. Yeah, just yeah. send that one off to Zimbabwe. To That's get right. Go via Manila or yeah. something. Because <laughs> so, like I said, I got done at seven thirty on the Wednesday morning. I got the test back. I got the results at about seven thirty on the Thursday night. Yeah, right. So by then, I'd watched two blissful days of cricket. Of, of cricket, yeah. and in cricket, in which we did pretty well too. Well, we did. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't get to watch it. I was busy doing stuff. Oh yeah, like yeah, what? I, what were you I actually love doing? To have sat down all day. Were you at work? Uh, no. Thursday, no, I wasn't. No. No. I think I was getting the hall ready and all that sort of thing for Saturday night. <laughs> which you could have come out with, but you had, you no, had to wait for your COVID test well, I, I, from I, 10 I, days earlier when you haven't had a symptom. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> what it was apparently it was a group of schoolies in the beer garden. And if you look at the hours that they were there over that period, I'll tell you what, they gave it a fair nudge. Yeah. They were there like most of Saturday night when I was there. And then they were there like Sunday morning and then Sunday night. Yeah, because they're down there for, yeah, for schoolies. Yeah. I would imagine that, that COVID would be the least of their worries when it would, comes to diseases and things like that. I would have thought it was way down on yeah. the list. <laughs> I would have said, go get tested for COVID and everything else. Now, the thing I've got about all this is that imagine the money it costs because each one of those tests would be charged for in some yeah. way, would cost some money. 
there would be thousands of people who were at the Torquay pub over that time frame. Yeah, for sure. So over the Friday, the Saturday and Sunday that weekend. Well, I had to go get one Friday morning. Did you? A test. What for? I didn't you know, sit around and wait for the results, Tim, because I really value my employer. And But no, because I had that medical procedure yesterday, yeah. Monday, you had to have a test within three days to show yeah. you don't have COVID. Yeah, and I okay. thought, well, the weekend's out because I'm going to be pissed all weekend. So I won't be able to drive myself down there. Hey, again, with you, probably COVID's the least of your worries. <laughs> Yeah, come up positive for a lot of things, yeah. but not COVID. COVID's all right. So and we'll get to my procedure. Why don't we play a song? Yep. And we'll uh, talk about that. Oh, I Here's can't a little wait. bit of audio sleep. Oh. Wow, what a band, mate. A mm. little bit of Chris Cornell, a little bit of Rage Against the Machine, chuck them together, you get audio slave. Better. There's been some super mixed bands. Collaborations. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Like a super band, they call them? Do they? So obviously the Travelling Wheelbase oh. is probably one of the best. Oh, there was one called Velvet Revolver, which was Guns N' Roses without Axel. I can't remember who the singer was, but he's from another band. Yeah, remember. right. But then I read on Facebook the other day, there was one in the late 60s or early 70s that had like Bob Dylan, John Lennon, who was the other one? Eric Clapton. Wow. There was about four or five of them. I can't remember who else. I think it was the drummer from Rolling Stones. And they only they didn't make an album. They mm. played a concert. Wow. And I can't remember what they called themselves. But yeah, that's probably the best super band of all time. Another one, The Highwaymen. Yeah, well, that was all the country boys, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, and what's was the pot-smoking one? Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, mm, yeah. That was a good one, too. Do you reckon they took many drugs? Nah, they would have just been no, pretty quiet back in those right? days. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that movie, uh, Walk the Line. Oh. Didn't, he didn't get up to much. No, that's right. Uh, now, talking so, of not getting up to much. Well, I didn't have got up to much the last couple of days. Really? Now, we've done, <clears> I think it's the 23rd episode, and I've loved every single one, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we haven't had a topic quite as good as this one I don't up. think it's that great right now. I do I, I think, think it's, it's a pretty to... chic topic actually fantastic uh, you like that yeah. uh, I'd be, uh, be a real uh, asshole for bringing it up wouldn't I yeah you would yeah. Yeah. so what happened uh, listeners let's, let's, let's dive <laughs> deep into it <laughs> well you wouldn't be the first I had to go get a colonoscopy don't just say it like that come Why? on that's what happened mate there's no two ways about it yeah I had a camera shoved up my back Fun- passage your fundament Luckily, I was asleep because I was walking around like John Wayne last night. I reckon I used an IMAX camera, Tim. But it wasn't for anything serious. It was just a checkup with a bit of family history and stuff like that. They didn't find anything. The only thing that I found was some initials halfway up from 1995, all boys school. All good. But let's talk about the procedure. So on Saturday night, we had a gig. We did. It was a great gig. Lino was, was headlining. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, everyone, he was so good. Everyone killed it. Everyone killed it. We all had a great night. Big crowd. And then afterwards, what did we do? We had a couple of drinks here. We had a couple of drinks here. We had a few of the comics and yeah. your brother and everyone yeah. come back. Yeah, it was nice. And drank some of the leftover piss. We, we did. And gave it a nudge tip. We did. I've got to say, pure blonde. We did two gigs. Didn't sell a didn't drop. Didn't sell a drop of it, did we? So, and here I am, stuck drinking it right now. 80% yeah. less carbohydrate, so it's doing me good. Yeah, well, good on you, mate. You're looking yeah. thinner for having drunk it. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. But we finished up about, let's say, 4 a.m. I don't know. It's pretty hazy. Yeah. And then I got up and sort of cleaned up the house. Thank you, mate. Appreciate and it. And then I had to go across the road and buy this stuff from the chemist and go through that. Well, hang so on. So that was me the, Sunday. Describe, describe what the stuff is for the listeners. Oh, I don't know what it's called, like poly, poly, polyp juice. Poly, <laughs> no, that's not oh, what it's called. Poly, poly, I don't know. Listeners might well, know. What's, what's the purpose of it? Uh, it cleans you out. Cleans right. you out. And how does it do that? Very viciously. Like a tornado going through you. So I drank it. Yeah. And then you have the first one at two o'clock. And then you have the next one at four o'clock and the yeah. next one at six o'clock. How much in each dose, um, if you well, like? Well, you mix the powder in with the water and then you've got to follow it with two glasses of water. So I'm drinking a lot of water. 
And then it didn't do nothing for about two hours. And you're thinking, what's all this about? Yeah, so it's not that bad, is it? And then it was just like Mount Vesuvius. Your arsehole was like a Saturn V rocket. (laughs) Lifted off the seat of the toilet one stage, didn't it? I tell you what, it hit me about 4.30, 5 o'clock. I couldn't come out to get the last one, the drink. Well, you couldn't get off the shitter for that long. I couldn't get off to get it. And in the end, I had to make a dash and try not to leave a trail through the house. I made it there and back, adjust. And I was literally on the toilet for, this is probably not a great thing to say, but I was on the toilet for about four or five hours. Wow. So you, because every time I get up and go, I'll be back there in five minutes. So I thought, well, what's the point? I'll bring the laptop in, plugged it in. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah just sat, sat there like I was in the office and, or something. And, and as Shane Jacobson said in his movie, Kenny, is yeah. it, was it called Kenny? Yeah. 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 Guys, we're fairly comfortable in our own brand, aren't we? Well, it wasn't a problem for me. No, that's right, yeah. It wasn't like, um, I, I don't want to get too vulgar here, but it was just like water. So it was like dodgy seafood and barley sort of stuff. Yeah, like. it was just water yeah, coming yeah. out, you know. Yeah. Nothing left. By 10.30, I thought I could probably sleep. Yeah. Because I hadn't had any explosions for a while. <laughs> yeah. Woke up at 5 o'clock thinking I'd better just go. Go, because otherwise it could be a, yeah. a day of laundry. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So anyway, I had the colonoscopy yesterday. My mum drove me up because you're not allowed to drive yourself. Yeah. They gave me the, what do you call it? Like anesthetic. And it said, no, not anesthetic, they put you to sleep. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Anesthetic? Yep. General anesthetic. General anesthetic. So you put you to sleep. I just remember thinking, oh, let's see how long I can stay awake for. Yeah. You fight know, it. I'll fight it. Yeah. Just for fun, something to do. Yeah. And it was like I blinked and then I've gone, oh, the clock looks a bit different. And there's like, still people are aiming it. I go, oh, well, what time are we doing it? They go, it's done, mate. Wow. I never had that go on sleep feeling. It was just, I blinked and it was looking at a different clock. That's incredible. In a different room. And I just thought like, how good would it be mm. to be able to do a lot of things like oh. that? So what would you do if you could blink and it's over like that? Mm. I was thinking like school concerts. Yeah. Oh, oh. School do concerts you know, are the worst. Have you heard the new government policy that they're actually sending special forces soldiers to primary school concerts to test their endurance? <laughs> oh, they are horrendous. Yeah. And yeah. you know how they get you? The all-school performance at the end. Yeah. So your kid's in prep. You go, oh, I can get him out after this. Beautiful. Uh-uh. Nah, you got to wait all till the end because everyone's in it. And then they go, oh, now you can buy the DVD of it. And you go, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. How come you just couldn't send me the DVD in the first place? And I'll fast forward yeah. all the other shit and watch my kid. <laughs> just doing Why hasn't the, anyone thought of that? Right, just doing the dark. Yeah, don't worry the about it. kids won't know. They can't see me. Yeah. And just stand I'll buy the DVD. I reckon we should be able to drop kids off and go, good luck. Uh, young fella, and then just go to the pub as a group and just have like a cardboard cutout thing, like Sergeant Pepper's cover. Yeah, they wouldn't know. They would not know, mate. No. They, they don't even know you're there. Because what's your response going to be when they get off stage? You're not going to go, geez, I, I thought your performance was a bit wooden, Johnny. I thought you weren't really given of yourself. <laughs> well, it's the same life. thing everyone says. That was great. That was And great, really, you're thinking, that was shit. Yeah, that was fantastic. Your two minutes or three minutes you're on stage out of the three hours yeah. <laughs> was lovely. That's the rest right. of it, I don't like any of those kids. I don't know them. No. I don't, there's no love there. So the perfect school concert. There's a bar out the back, right? Given. With a TV screen. Yep. Saying, next up, this grade. Yep. And as your kid comes up, you walk out, you watch it, you come back to the bar. You wouldn't even miss a drink. I don't use the term visionary very often, but that's a visionary idea. Another thing I thought was VR. They're doing a lot of good things in virtual reality these days. (laughs) So maybe just give the kids a headset each. They go out and they do their thing and they look up and they wave to you and see their yeah. smiling parent Love wave it. back yeah. and really we're just down the pub. One day I talked to the principal of a primary school of a kid we were fostering and I said, how much do you reckon you'll raise from this concert? And he said, oh, about, you know, $20,000. I said, I'll write you the check now. <laughs> right now, if you call the whole thing off. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. What? 
I'm going to apologise to you. That I'm really angry with that. Why? Because that wasn't the version I wanted to play. Was like, it meant to sound like that? No, it's like a remix or something. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. It's because it's a good song, Starboy by The Weeknd, mm. um, but it's remixed by Daft Punk. Well, there you go. And I apologise. That's not what I meant to play. Apology accepted. Let's move on. Let's move on from it. You know, Mail, we, we, all, we all have our issues. <laughs> uh, mailbag. Uh, okay, I'm going to read them out this week because we've we got a jingle for mailbag. Oh yeah, shit. Sorry. Come on, mate. <laughs> I'm way off. I know. <laughs> Like abusing someone, now's your chance. It's Fat and Ginger's mailbag. Okay, so I'm going to read them out this week. Why am I reading them out, Tim? Uh, because we haven't printed anything off. We haven't printed anything off. Yeah, you've got them on the computer in front of you, and I can't <laughs> see what they so are. So lazy, aren't we? The first one is a ad from Facebook. Yeah, we put an ad up. We put one we of put our an ad up. Yep, <clears throat> and we said. What was the other about? I think it was just promoting one of our apps or something. Yeah, episode with Crystal Watkins. What a great episode great that episode. was too. And Crystal's fantastic. And we got a response from someone and it said, F you, Facebook, how do you think this is any way related to me? And it was like a picture, wasn't it? It was like a pre-made picture that you could post. <clears throat> yeah. And I just thought, who bothers to do that? What I love is people do that. What they don't realise is that's exactly what we want. We want you to interact with us. And give a shit. Or just, but not even just not for fat and ginger, any Facebook ad you put on it, you want people to interact with it. Yeah. No matter what it is. So that's great. Even though they were that pissed off, they decided to send that. Yep. We were wrapped, weren't we? Stoked. We, we love getting feedback. Stoked. Do we send anything back to them? I don't think we did this nah, time. No, I didn't this time. Speaking of stoked, we haven't heard from Ben. No, nah, he's been a bit busy. Is he? Yeah, being shit. Doing so. yeah, not losing, shit, he's great. Games, I tell you what, I was watching him the other day in the cricket when I was at home on those two days. Those two days you were doing nothing, yeah. And like, he is properly ginger. Yeah. Like, the gingerest. Of, and you go, of all the sports a poor bloke could have picked. Cricket. Cricket, standing Outside, out in the sun for hours, hours at a time. Places like India, South Africa, money. Australia. Like, he's going to end up with just a giant carcinoma. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like, the Brisbane Test, where it's probably the hottest in the yeah, country. Yeah, most humid. He was never going to go well there, was no, he? No, he wasn't. Never had a chance, poor bloke. No. All right, number two. Haven't heard from you boys for a while. Have you finally listened to my criticisms and cut the shit? Mm. Also, can you give me a lift back to Mount Mercer on Wednesday? That's from Wayne. Oh, hello, Wayne. Wayne, I should have said that from the start. So Wayne must be getting out. What? Can you give me a lift back to Mount Mercer on Wednesday? You're free so, next Wednesday, aren't you, Luke? Uh, yeah, you well, are. Oh, yeah. I know you're Rosto, you are. So. Yeah, well, the thing is, I'm a bit scared because we still don't know what he did to no. get in the Acacia unit. Well, you can find out when you get him a lift back to Mount Mercer. No, it'd be like getting into Wolf Creek's van. What I love about it, though, too, is Mount Mercer's in the middle of nowhere, so... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. Mick from Wolf Creek that's going, exactly. give me a lift? Yeah. Nah, mate, no. Nah. <laughs> you can walk. Get an Uber. Wayne. Wayne from Mount Mercer. We might be able to get him back on the radio then. Yeah, he might ring in again. He might ring in. Yeah, okay, we can try. Exciting. All right, yeah. what else is there? Uh, last one. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one that, like what I said the other night, I was at your comedy gig Saturday night and I oh, saw your t-shirt saying yeah. Fat and Ginger, which is which. Yeah, that's right. So well, we got that a lot. We did. The other night and then someone's actually written it in. Is um, there a name attached to that? No, nah, there wasn't a name. Probably was, but I didn't Anonymous. know it and I was just... Well, yeah, you're genuinely your poor thing. You were behind the bar. And you just yeah, got, I know. You got, got pumped from the you outset. Know, you didn't get a chance to change your T-shirt. Nah, I got smashed behind the bar. And, and my knowledge behind the bar wasn't great, even though I used to be a barman when I was younger. It's all the new technology, Tim. It's all this new square thing. Yeah, and you yeah, right off your yeah, phone of and all that. It was just a pain in the ass. Not as much of a pain in the ass as yesterday. No, that's close. Ah, so which true. is which? For Fat and Ginger, we, well, I think we're a bit of both, both of us. Well, that's part of the whole thing, wasn't it, when we first started this show, because... If one of us is absent, mm. the other one can still do the show and it's yeah. not incorrect. Well, I was thinking about, you know, if, if you were to be absent, like say yeah. you left the show and it was Ooh. just me. 
God I'd probably change the name. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd probably change it to like Fat Idiot Loser and just do away with that ginger nonsense. I'm looking at your hair right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not much I can do. Nah, mate. You, you, you're both. You're like me. Now, we do need people to write in. Oh, please, the love of God. Send us some messages because we want to cop some crap. Yeah. Like, we, this is bottom of the barrel stuff, really. Yeah, it, it, it's just a couple of idiots. Bottom feeding behaviour. Bottom feeding behaviour. We want people to write in. Another thing we want people to do is to like us. Give us a review. Oh, a review. Sorry, a review. that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we want you to go, whatever you are listening to at the moment, whether it be... Spotify, Podbean, Apple, Google Podcasts. Any of those. Go there and leave a review because apparently it's really important. It is really important. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad, but we prefer good. We would love like, a good Give review. a shit via Facebook, but do a good review, please. Please? You got that, people? Yeah. Shit on Facebook. Shit on Facebook. Good on podcasts. Exactly, right. Um, now, I'm going to play a song that really means a lot to me. Um, one day I'm going to build a house and I'm going to paint the lyrics of this on the wall. What a song, Tim. One of the greatest ever written, in my humble opinion. Okay, cool. You don't have to have a big wall to paint the lyrics of that on your house. Well, I actually did it once. I lived in a share house. I rented and uh, painted on the wall, but just in my handwriting. It looks shit. That's very sort of Dr. John Nash in a beautiful mind. Like, that's a bit weird, man. (laughs) It was terrible, but I'm going to get it done properly once I build a house. Do you want to come live with me? I do not, man. No? Come on, Tim. (laughs) Why not? We have fun, don't we? Yeah, but I didn't know that that was in you, that sort of weird painting shit on the wall stuff. Yeah, I'm going to paint a little mural of you. (laughs) No, next will be red rum written all over the walls. There'll be be usually different situations. The first one will be just you normal. The second one will be you like watching the cricket or something because that's how I know you now. And the third one will be you with your your shirt off running down the street nude or something. I haven't done that. I I was in my jocks, wasn't I, when I did that? Another one. Remember that time I drove you home and you were licking your nipples? No, I don't recall. <laughs> uh, we've got Lockie on the line. We better uh, get to him. I'll, I'll play the jingle. jingle. And now it's time for an update on stuff. We're just lucky no one actually listens to this. Yeah. Well, yeah. the stuff we share with the listenership that we don't have the, is, a, is a lot. I don't understand why commercial radio won't take us. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> that voice you hear is none other than uh, former Shield cricketer Lachlan Stevens injecting himself early, going up the order. And what a time to bring him in, mate. The Gabba test has just finished. That's right. And did, you, did you get there, Lockie? Did not. No? Nah. <laughs> Sorry. Was it like, nah, if you're not going to give me a job, I'm not coming to watch you sort of thing? Or? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was my silent protest uh, really <laughs> against the whole cricketing industry. No, uh, fantastic win for the Australians. Um and very happy for Pat Cummins too. As yeah. The so. he, he comes across as a as genuinely decent sort of bloke. So. Uh, the, the very limited dealings that I've had with him, he's just been fantastic. And I think uh, I think that's um, echoed in a lot of people's sentiments from uh, from people who are very, very good players at the top who plays with through to people in all walks of life. So um, oh, great. Yeah, you know how much I hate giving out praise, Timmy. So... <laughs> You know, it's true. he must be, he, I think he's a special uh, person to go with a special cricketer, so, you know, I hope mm. he goes really well. It makes a lovely cider as well, mate. You, have, have does you he ever... make a good cider, does he? Yeah, yeah, he's right into it. Have you ever tried right. it? Right. Now, why is Tim shaking his head? Because this is, this is stupid. There must obviously be a cider called Cummins Cider, and he's yeah, going, yeah. yeah. Right, is this, is this your boy's Christmas special? Is this the Christmas, <laughs> Christmas special bus, my life? There's not even a tree or tinsel or a bauble anywhere. You know what? Know. I've been called the Grinch this week. I've not organised anything. I've got kids, mate, and I don't have anything. There's not 
like I had this whole plan to have the whole house decorated. I've done yeah. stuff all. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I get that. Get I that wear place. my decorations on the inside. <laughs> That's how I celebrate Christmas. And I've seen some of them. <laughs> you're like the, uh, you're, you are the proverbial Christmas tree. Timmy, with uh, stuff on the outside but dead on the inside. That's right. Well, the old old classic joke about Christmas, you know. I've got my Christmas tree. Are you going to put it up yourself? No, no, just in the lounge room like everyone else. Uh, Okay, yeah. Well, you're the one that had a colonoscopy, mate. You should be... Yeah, I I was busy getting probe locky. That's why I couldn't do Christmas decorations. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay. I feel a little bit violated, but in a good way. And you know what the best thing was, Locky? They gave me a report. I don't want to know. And it had photos on it. And I got home and I showed Tim. I go, have a look at this, mate. What do you make out of this? He goes, goes, what's that? Oh, Gary, that's disgusting. It was pretty funny. If people ever do start listening and then they listen to (laughs) former episodes, I don't don't know if I'm going to have a job at the end of all this. Um, So uh, it was nice to have former state cricketer John Lindsay in. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) On the show. That's right. Um, John Doe. First, I just wanted to say that to hear the Beatles being played was a wonderful moment. It was a terrific, I agree, mm. one of the greatest songs ever written, that one. Thank you, mate. And tell yeah. Tim this, because he's just a, we know what I we think of his musical taste. I just didn't appreciate Tim's response to it. You mm. know, I, I, I love Tim Young, but I just didn't appreciate his response to, you know, the greatest band in, in history. Now, coming back to something else, well, you know, just to wake up the rest of the listeners. So... <laughs> What I just wanted to talk about quickly, that's the horrible segue, but as you, you said, you just mentioned that Tim's watching a lot of cricket, and as it comes into the Christmas period, there's obviously a lot of cricket and tennis on television mm. for sort of traditional sporting people of my generation and Tim's generation and your generation, Luke. And I, I, was, I tried to listen to some commentary the other day oh. for the cricket because I wanted to try and... You know, I've got some people that I really enjoy watching in that Australian cricket team, and I love Ben Stokes, and I love watching Joe Root. I love some some of those players that are in the series. So I wanted to watch it, and after three overs, I couldn't listen anymore. And what I'm asking for is for a commentary team for over 40s. Go on. So what was the problem? I don't want people explaining every single thing that's happening in the game to me as if it's the most important thing. I would actually like to watch the cricket without people inundating me with why the yes. back clicks when it's over 32 degrees or, you know, why a certain fielder is in it. I just want to be able to watch and enjoy the actual event itself at times, mm. perhaps with a little more humour involved, perhaps with a little bit more... I'm not sure what the word is. Well, that, that was the thing about the old commentary team, wasn't it? Richie and all that. They had such dry humour and banter yeah. between each other. And I sort of know what you're talking about. And we were talking about this. Tim said one of his favourite things to do in the world is listen to grandstand cricket on ABC. Yeah. right? Yeah. But they had Ian Chappell, oh. you know saying, who's just so negative about stuff that he feels like he's got to be negative and, and say what's wrong with the game instead right. of having your Kerry O'Keefe's telling funny stories and your, yeah. your, your Jim Max. With Kerry O'Keefe and Harsha Bogley is some of the best radio I've ever heard in my life. Mm. They were yeah. just magic together. <clears throat> Yeah, magic radio, those two. I mean, look, for the record, I, I really, I like Ian Chappell. I, I know why some people um, don't in terms of a commentary stint, and, and I love the ABC as well. You know, Quentin Holder did a great job during the test match. Um, but I just want some, I don't know what I want. I want a bit more humour, I want a bit more dryness, and I want a bit more quiet well, I think in amongst my cricket listening. Oh, I agree, and I think where the TV commentary falls down as compared to the grandstand stuff is it's it's all a bit tight, it's a bit... 
uptight, it's a bit formal, whereas the radio is far more relaxed and they have that yeah. joke and they talk and, about and, other and stuff. And sometimes it just goes silent. Yeah. It goes yeah. silent for like 10 seconds while they just sort of sit there and just do whatever they do. And that's all right. No problem yeah. with that. Yeah, beautiful. I'm allowed to sort of judge a shot or, you know, make a, make a non-judgment, if you like, and during something that's in play. You know, I don't need to really judge the extra short, extra cover for 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I don't need to understand why the short leg has gets down in a certain position at a certain time during the bowls run-up. Yeah. I just – and maybe it's because I've been around cricket too much – that I don't need to hear it for the 58th time. But I just would really just like to enjoy Mitchell Stark coming in, bowling a ball that blows off Rory Burns' leg stump first ball and just watching the players celebrate and maybe someone just call how exciting that is and let me watch the rest of it. Lockie, are you okay? I'm old. I'm old, Luke. Do you need a hug or something? I do. I do need a hug. I just feel like, I mean, I've been asked to rant on this show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but in fairness. It's been very natural for me, but I just... Yeah, because we don't like usually whinge on the show, mate. We, we try and keep all negatives out of it. Beat. I know you're upbeat, <laughs> and I feel like I've dragged down the, uh, the final show, the Christmas show. I, I am strange. Yeah. Are you suggesting, you know, remember how uh, back in the old days you could listen to Roy and HG commentate the State of Origin? Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Like a, and yeah. I think you two are the people who can provide this to the nation. Well, Tim actually said that would be his perfect, his dream job. My dream job would be commentating the cricket on grandstand. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and he needs to follow his dreams at the moment because he's very upset um, because I don't know if you remember Lockie, but they've built like over the back, they've built like a Dan Murphy's and a KFC and a Hungry Jack's. And a McDonald's. And, and now a McDonald's. And now, like our view's been obstructed. They've dug up all the, like, they want to build a new road in right behind us. And new houses, yeah. and it's all oh, we yeah. can see over our back fence now. Instead of looking at the golden arches, we're looking at dirt. And oh, Tim no. hasn't been the same since. No, no, I understand that hurt. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not right. So yeah, I agree with you, Luke. Maybe you can just chase some dreams, and maybe the two of you, you know, provided Luke goes through obviously some some training from an HR point of view. Thank you. Um, yeah. So if you can go through that and pass that and come out the other side without getting yourself suspended for certain comments. Mm. Um, you know, I think you two people could carry this on. I did have a friend forward to me the other day the highlights package that uh, Timmy had put together, and your your um, you know, I don't even know how to repeat it on on the show, but but your inclination towards the worst game that you'd ever played, Luke. And you know, my friend who is you know a deplorable human being said, "Is this going too far?" Who was that? Oh, that's- was that Dave Bain? No, it wasn't David Bay. It wasn't <laughs> David Bay. It was just a friend who saw it because you had posted it to me. Yeah. And he listened to that and he laughed very hard, but he just wondered how far you could go on a radio segment. Well, <laughs> let's, see, let's see if we can beat that. Oh, don't. Yeah. Oh, Lockie, what have you done? <laughs> clearly, clearly, Luke can take it to level. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's a little challenge for me now. Well done, yeah, Stevens. We, we might take it to the next level and um, instead of doing biscuit sort of humour, we'll... Cut, cut him loose. We're going... Jesus Christ. Right, it's like a next level. I don't know. Sorry, we'll talk Tim. about it. All right. No, See you, Steve-o. Have a good Christmas. Thanks, mate. You too. Merry Take Christmas. Care, mate. See ya. Talk to you soon. Bye. That was Tracy Chapman with Fast Car, Tim. And I remember seeing an album at the shop going back a few years now. Mm. It was Tracy Chapman's Greatest Hits. Oh. And I figured it was just fast car like 12 times. 12 times, though. That's so true. Ah, <laughs> oh, very good. I wouldn't know any of her other songs, but no. I'm sure she's got some lovely ones. I just don't know. Pedestrian Crossing, fast car. <laughs>
we have another. Usually we've been doing like the scam of the week, scam of the yeah. week, but it hasn't really. Like the people I'm writing back to, that they must know about me now because they're not really responding. And we've got to be honest too. The ones that we've seen, there's not a lot of difference. They're all fairly similar, aren't they? I like to say bloke. Probably is. And he's sitting there just sending out hundreds of them a day. Yeah, and puts it in the spam server or whatever and sends it yeah. out to millions of people. Yeah, MailChimp. Yeah I, yeah, I think they use something better than MailChimp, don't they? I don't know what they use, but no. we get that many of them here and none of them respond to you. Like, it's like they don't want my money, you know? I'm what sorry, if there really is a Nigerian prince sitting there trying to give you his cash? Yeah, that was on some. Was yeah, uh, Kane Peel or something. I think yeah. It was on, but yeah, what if? All right. Uh, so instead we're going to do mm. the gingivitis award. Please, yeah. Gingers have been persecuted for centuries. So, who's been drawing blood this week? It's Fat and Ginger's Gingivitis Award. And Gingivitis is back. I was watching the Beatles get back. All of it. What a fantastic show it was. Just brilliant. As a, Anyone who hasn't seen it, you need to watch it. It's probably the best music doco of all time. As a non, like I'm not a non-Beatles fan, but I'm not in the same league as you, obviously. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. Right. Because what it is, it's showing the greatest band of all time, mm. making some of the greatest songs of all time. And how they did it. And... Fly on the wall stuff. You see Paul McCartney just working out, let it be on the piano. Yeah. In front yeah, of that'd you. that'd be cool. Everyone was just so nice. It's just a, a brilliant doco. But. But. There was one issue, Tim, that got me rolled up. Now, can I, before you get into that, yeah. was it in colour? Yes. Thank you. Carry it on. was in colour, and they really restored the colour too. Okay, yep. And it, that made this flaming ginger bloke. Mm. He was like a, you know, the, the matchstick box? What was it called? Redheads? <laughs> Redheads. It was yeah. like the box walking around. Yeah, he had, right. he had the red hair going, and he was just doing all the work. And what was his role, would you say? Dog's body. He was doing everything. He was getting coffees. Like, they were, oh, how about we do a concert on the roof? They sent him up there to check out what it was like. He was like... But it could have been dangerous up there. He could have fallen through. Everyone else was doing stuff all Tim. They were all just sitting around chatting. Like, what do you reckon we should do? And and nobody was doing anything except for this one bloke. He was like, they go, give the ginger kid a go. Yeah. And they brought him in and just said, well, you do everything. We'll sit around and smoke cigarettes. That's right. And look cool. And look cool. uh, And talk about what we may or may not do. You do all the work. Yep. And he never even had his name come up in the titles. So, so everyone else who walked in that room and had the name come up, mm. this is who he is and that's what he does, never saw Ginger. Wasn't Ginger Bloke, you know. No. S- Sammy Smith, Ginger Bloke. Nah, not Megsy or something, nothing. <laughs> Just <laughs> nothing. He, they didn't give him so, a But that's a unacceptable. He did all that work. Yep. Probably got paid nothing. Yeah, he was like a, a slave. Yeah? And that's what, how we get treated, mate. It is. I'm sick of it. So, I worked a bar the other night. Is it... <laughs> I tell you, you did work like a slave the other night. I'll give you that. Yeah, is there a scene where you know he's sort of whispering stuff in Lennon McCartney's ear while they're writing "Let It Be," and maybe he wrote the songs. Maybe he was in fact the genius behind the Beatles, and they just kept him in like some sort of gimp cupboard. I I didn't see him whispering anyone's ear. He he might have come up with some different lyrics. Yeah, if he had have like "Let It Be," might have been "Let It Burn." Yeah, that's it. Angry man, you reckon? When I find myself in times of trouble, I just punch the shit out of the person next to me. (laughs) Something like that, uh, which probably wouldn't have gone as well. No, no, probably not. Maybe as... that's why he's getting the coffees. <laughs> that's, that's, that's... <laughs> but anyway, that's how I felt sorry for him. No, anyway. Fair enough. And uh, and I thought let's bring back gingivitis just to talk about that. Absolutely. No, so, I think you've, you picked wisely. I think you picked well. Good candidate. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Uh, here's a bit of Stone Temple Pilots. And that was Stone Temple Pilots with Interstate Love Song. Thoughts, Tim. Acceptable. Acceptable? Holy, holy yeah. acceptable, yeah. Oh, see, I'm starting to find yeah. your yeah. mojo. Right. 
No, that was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah? Yeah, I did. It wasn't crap? It wasn't crap, no. Okay, well then let's play the jingle for yeah. That's Crap. Don't believe the hype. That's actually crap. All right. Do you mind if I start this week? Of course. Go for it. So this week, and that's crap. It's, I understand why they happen, and I understand they happen for a good reason. Yep. And it's the way forward, and it results in better transport and better travel. But I'll tell you what's crap. Roadworks. And they are everywhere at the moment. Yep. In Geelong, up the middle of the highway to Ballarat, all through Melbourne. They're like a rash all over Melbourne. You go anywhere near the Westgate, there's roadworks. Yeah, okay. On the other side, there's roadworks. Geelong, there's roadworks. You know some in Geelong. Oh, it, it's everywhere. And it, everywhere. what annoys me, for a year and a half, they've done nothing. That's right. And then they all get back the road. That's right. It's crazy, mate. It is absolutely crazy. And now every second street that you drive up has got someone with one of those signs. I want to just give them a little nudge. <laughs> a little nudge in the car. A little love tap in the car. A little love tap. Because they annoy me, Tim. Because usually I'm in a hurry to get somewhere. Yeah, well, and sorry. Hang on, though. Why are you in a hurry? Because I leave it to the last minute That's right. Because you're running late. That's I'm right. running late every time. And That's I'm in it. a hurry. And then you get those blokes saying slow mm. with a sign. Or stop. It's like, to me, it's like Wiley Coyote standing with one of those signs going... Slow down because I'm about to drop a boulder on you. Yeah, right. And you're the road runner. Yeah, trying to get through. Beep beep. But just, I just they're everywhere. (laughs) No, it's good. It's all right. It's very accurate. (laughs) They're just everywhere at the moment, and you can't go down a street here or there without getting stopped by a roadworks. That's crazy at the moment. And and you know what? That would probably be the biggest employer in Australia right now. Definitely in Geelong. Roadworks. The the guys with the signs. Oh, the traffic control. Is that what they call? Traffic controllers, yeah. That's a beefed up word. Mate, you have to do a course. There's a lot to it. What, what do they have to... What, what's you controlling traffic, mate? What's a course? Like, this is a slow sign. This is a stop sign. And this is what you do. Like, you flip it around. Like, what's the course? Quick, che- quick cheerio to all our traffic control friends that are listening right mate, now. Mate, there's more of them than there is any other... It's like people say, well, in the old days, there was a lot of shearers, but not many personal trainers. Now there's hardly any shearers, but there's a lot of personal trainers. Very true. I'll tell you what the new personal trainer is, is the blokes with the signs. I'll tell you what, you need to go to Japan, right? Because, so let's say we have one stop-go person either either end of the roadworks. Mm-hmm. In Japan, you would have about 50, and they would all be waving you through with flags. It's insane in Japan. Yeah, they've got a lot of people there. <laughs> That's got a lot of people. they got to find jobs for like, It's all very polite. They bow and stuff, and they wave you through with flags, and... Yeah. See, I'd rather that. Yeah, it's amazing. That'd be good. It's incredible. Because at least they, like, they bow. Yeah. These guys don't even acknowledge me. I'll no. wave to them. They'll give me nothing. The, uh, I think I was telling you the other day, in Darwin, they made a habit of employing backpacking females, obviously. I'm not condoning this. I'm just you know, telling you something. What happened? And <laughs> that's right. Something what happened. And they'd employ these young backpacking females as traffic controllers. Now, you don't have to wear any long sleeves and stuff. The only rules was high-vis, so they'd wear a high-vis tabard over a bikini and do the traffic <laughs> controlling in that. That is perfect. That yeah, was perfect. I'm sorry, but, yeah. like... Suddenly, roadworks are okay. Have you seen some of the people that hold <laughs> these signs? They're like big, gruff blokes with beards and... Not judging. That's good. No, no, it's great. That's I, right, yeah. I'd like to see them in a bikini, to be yeah. honest. Well, I'd like to see anyone in a bikini. Like, it's fine. Really? Like, if they're going to slow me down... At least give me some entertainment value Fair where I can go, oh, that's funny, yes. or, oh, that's pretty hot. Perhaps you can get comedians on the stop gay signs and they can do a little... We can do it. We'd tell a little joke. Yeah. As you come past, go, what's the difference between... Yeah, that's right. Or yeah. did you hear about the bad circumcisionist? No, you slipped and got the sack. There you go. Yeah, so so yeah. that'd be great. As they, <laughs> just shout that through to every car as they go past. That's it, yeah. 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 So um, is that crap? 
Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. It's one of my pet hates at the moment. It's driving me nuts. What about now, you? My one is, it's a broad topic, knowledge, I understand. But this is why I thought of it, right? Yeah. Someone asked me this the other day. Now, we work at a petrol refinery. Yeah. We make petrol. We do. We do. One of the many products we make. Indeed it is, yeah. And someone asked me this question the other day thinking that I should know, and I realised I didn't know, mm. and it made me realise how much I didn't know. So someone said to me, you know when you fill your car with petrol mm. and it knows when it's full? Yeah. How does that happen? Why is it cut out? I don't know. How does it cut out? I don't know. That's an excellent question. I've got no idea. It's magic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just don't does. know. It just does. Is there a scientific reason behind it? Must be. Must be something to do with pressure. Pressure. Back, back pressure or something. It, of some it sort of yeah, hits pressure. And it, I don't know. But I wouldn't have a clue, mate. You no, know, I get asked uh, similar questions about the price of petrol. They figure because you work in a petrol factory, you know about the price of petrol. I've got no idea. No. How's it work? Not a clue. I don't know why it just jumped up 30 cents. Probably no. because I did a bit of overtime last week. <laughs> That's right. They've got to pay for it. I'll just but... make a joke now. I go, we've got to pay my salary somehow. Yeah. And then the other question you get asked is, why is petrol a dollar ninety in Melbourne and $1.50 in Geelong? I'm going to go embrace the regional change. Come yeah, down. You'll come see. Down to, life's better. Yeah, life's better down here. Yeah, yeah. We've got beaches and stuff. That's right. Beaches and... Um, less traffic and we've got a national wool museum it, that's right absolutely that's right have you been fantastic yeah i have been huh i, I went because there was a bradman exhibition was there yeah which was awesome and then i saw the rest of the wool museum it wasn't that good <laughs> so i mean how exciting can wool be? yeah i know i don't know, know. when was the bradman uh, exhibition on oh it was a couple of years ago pre-covid uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good pre those those heady times oh, pre-covid it wasn't great pre-covid oh. you didn't have to wear a mask what other, other knowledge what, what other knowledge well the other thing like so I started thinking about it, right? This got me thinking. Mm. I don't know how a fridge works. No? No, I know that you plug it in and it keeps things mm. cold, but I don't know how that works. That's all you need to know, though. Yeah. Why burden yourself with the knowledge of things you don't Microwave? Really... Yeah. How does that work? Microwaves? Yeah. Sends out They bounce off the food and stuff. Yeah. How? Yeah, what, I, how does I, it do I it? I don't know. I know. You just plug it in. It I'm, not a I'm not a physicist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I see what you mean. And then you start thinking, maybe I should know this stuff. And you go, but you can't have everything in your head. Well, you could. Hey, hey. I walked into that one, didn't I? I, I haven't done a head joke for a couple of well, weeks. You haven't yet. actually, mate. No. Yeah, I've been pretty good. But there's a lot of things where I mm. just don't know how they work. Yeah. And I know, like, you told me about the dishwasher. What about I, that I was, the plates were too big and they yeah. were not stopping the thing from spinning that's around. That's right. I didn't even know the thing spun around. Oh so I'm God. starting to think there's a lot I don't know. And that's why I brought knowledge up as that's crap because I consider myself a fairly smart person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a lot of general knowledge. You I'm do. pretty good on trivia nights. You are. Uh, I do a lot of stuff. But I don't know shit like that. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know how a car works, really. <laughs> I know that you put the key in and you turn it and then it goes. It goes and, yeah. um, then every so often you take it to someone at a dealership and they zhuzh it up a bit for you. And they what? You zhuzh it up a bit and well, you get it back. I don't know, fix it and <laughs> you get it back. And when, when, at what age do you know all the stuff that you need to know? 78. Is it? And uh, then you die the next day. And then day. you die, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like you've completed the game. So ignorance is bliss, is what you're saying. Most... Definitely ignorance is bliss. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I think is that crap? Absolutely, that's crap. Right, let's play something. Yep. You two at their best, I would say. Us two or those you, two? You two. Us two. You, you and me. You two. Oh, those two. Those, there's four. Then why are they called you two? Why not you four? That's a good question. Oh, I'll yeah. ask Bono when I catch Thank up with you. him. Or the edge. What's on his birth certificate? Edge the? Edge the, yeah. He lived on the edge. Why is he called he the Edge? I don't know. Well, Bono's not Bono. He's like Paul no, Houston or something. No one, 
Yeah, go for that. Do you remember, right, and this is probably why we shouldn't bring it up about Bono, because Australians have been known to put their foot in it around him. Do you remember the story? Daniel Johns from Silverchair? Yeah. This was years ago when he was back with married to Natalie and Brulee or whatever. Yeah. And he, he did a radio interview where he said, oh, I was hanging out with Bono having a joint the other night. <laughs> and went on with the interview like nothing happened. Yeah. And then it all blew up. Really? And they said, why is Bono smoking weed? And he had to put out this thing like, oh, no, I was just joking. It was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. <laughs> he just dobbed him in. And said, yeah, me and Natalie were having a joint with Bono the other night, and this happened. And, and then Bono must have contacted him and said, what the hell are you doing, mate? Yeah. What are that? Because you know, I'm trying to raise money for kids in Africa and stuff, and you're saying stuff like that. But, but hey, we're talking a cheeky spliff. Yeah, I know, and they're rock stars. Like, that's all what a thought on the, on, the, on the chart of rock star behaviour that a cheeky slips right down well, the bottom. Daniel obviously thought so too, but uh, <laughs> apparently got a call from Bono because he put that's out a press right. release the next day saying it was a joke. Daniel Johns Daniel Johns going, that was my night off. I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of putting your foot in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's that time. It's a Justin Murphy one. Mm. Are you easily offended? Justin Murphy, our mate from Virginia, who got our behaviour bottom feeding behaviour. Yeah. And basically cracked the shits at us. So. And then posted something that Facebook blocked. That must be bad, mustn't it? Yeah, I'd love to have known. I, I sent him a message, remember? Yeah, I do, yeah. Saying, I want to know what it was. Did he ever? Because no, I know he never wrote back. But did he ever view it? You know how you can tell that they've seen it or not? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Oh, that's yeah, a job for next week. I, I remember I did... I did um, Actually, let's look at it now. I've got it here. All right. Justin. So the Justin Murphy Award, while you're doing that, I'll just tell the listeners, just to remind those who maybe haven't listened before, is for someone who's generally carried on. No, you never, you never viewed it. Yeah, okay. I wrote, hi, Justin. My name's Luke from the Fat and Ginger Radio Show in Australia. We noticed that you didn't like your video when my fat and redhead mate Tim did a nudie run. We were wondering if you'd like to come on the show and talk about why you didn't like it. I know it wasn't pretty, but Facebook banned your comments so we couldn't read them. Let me know if you're interested and we'd love to get your thoughts on the nudie run. Jim. Never, Never even read it. Never read it. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. It's well put together, mate. Well done. I'm starting to think that he just wasn't interested in me and what I represent. <laughs> Perhaps. Fat, new ginger people. That's it. So this week, this is, well, we've had two premiers so far who've won the we have. Justin Murphy Award. and Gladys. Gladys. Gladys Bags. And uh, Daniel. And Daniel uh, Andrews. And this week, a uh, big round of applause goes to Mark McGowan. Yeah. Now, why has he got it to him? Well, general cockness, really. <laughs> <laughs> in Western Australia is, is beside themselves with Mark McGowan. He won in the biggest majority, I think, in the history of voting or whatever. He won by so much that there was some thought that the Liberal Party in Western Australia wouldn't be able to form an opposition because they didn't have enough people in Parliament. That's how much he won by. Like, he smashed it. But I think the love affair starting to wear a bit thin because everyone's going, well, hang on. You know, we can go to Bali, but we can't go to Perth. Yeah. And I think people in Perth are starting to go, well, hang on, we can't go anywhere. Uh, people with links in the eastern state or anywhere outside Western Australia are just going, what the F, you know? Mm. And then and then they were going to have a cricket test in mid-January in their beloved stadium, which they bang on about endlessly. Oh, it had the grand final. Oh, they had spent a lot of money on it. And they yep. said, well, we can't let anyone in. No. Not even cricketers. No, and we're going to hold fast our rules because that's what we do. And you go, yeah, all right, see ya. Yeah, all right, we'll go to Hobart. Go to Hobart. Now Hobart, I got it, and it's going to be magic in Hobart. Yeah. Should I'm, we go down? I'm going to try and get down. You want to? Yeah. I'll come. Where yeah. is it? Uh, Mid-January. I'm off. 
Beautiful. Let's, let's go. Let's have a look. The only thing is... Fat and ginger come to Hobart. It's, oh. like, a, it's like a sequel of Porky's. Can we uh, <laughs> make it tax deductible if we go down? You know, yeah. Make, you've got to make money, I suppose, to deduct it on tax. Well, we just spoke to Lockie about us taking over the commentary for the cricket. Oh, how good would that be? For Channel 7. We'd last, got it? Channel 7? Uh, Channel 7 on the TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, why don't we go down there and say, look, we're just practising. That's it. Let us on. Let us commentate a day of the test. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's the fifth and deciding test. Yeah. But anyway, so Mark McGowan has effectively lost the people of Western Australia the fifth Ashes test. Yep. And, and you know what? The whole world is covered in COVID. Yep. And he's like, no, nope, we're not letting it in. You go, well, mate, get with the times. Yeah. No yeah. one's pursuing COVID zero anymore. No. It, it, that's it, all over the whole world. It's, it's no. not even a thing anymore. No. But he's just stuck to his gun and saying, well, no, we're not letting anyone in, mate. Yeah. You go, well, why? Yeah. Because I don't want to. I don't want to. Because politically, it's good for me. Yeah, and that's what it is. That's what it is. And you can't spell wanker without WA. <laughs> I think we've taken him to task. Yeah, we have. And I think he might change his tune after well, this Well, look what happened to Gladys. Yeah, well, she got removed after we had to go at She it. did. So yeah. he might be the most popular premier in Western Australia's history, but he's stuffed yeah, around he's, with fat and ginger. He's, he's on thin ice is what I'm saying. He is. That's, he's on a warning. All right, what are we going to play next? A little bit of Chris Cornell, Tim. Yep, And great. after the break, we're going to... A chat to the lovely, the amazing, the incredible person, the force that oh. is Leonie Sheedy. Can't wait. Hello, what do you think of that, Tim? A little bit of Chris Cornell. And, and that's the second time I've played Chris Cornell because I did a bit of audio slave earlier. When you said Stone Temple Pilots, in my, for some reason in my head I had Stone Roses and I thought, cool. Stone Roses, but no, it wasn't, was that it? That wasn't a different song. Yeah, different band by a different song there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, obviously, you're disappointed. Not a bad song. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut that bit out later. <laughs> on, shall I? Look, we've got a really special guest. Awesome. Coming up. Yep. We have the lady who I met pre COVID, actually. Oh, and, happy times. And just one of those special people that you meet in your life and you realise that the work that she has done, how important it is. Now, I won't sort of say too much. We'll talk about it with her. But her and her friend started up an organisation called CLAN, mm. which is Care Leavers of Australia Network. Uh-huh. And who they represent is all the, the people that were brought up in foster care or, or orphanages. Yep. Uh, in Australia, there was a lot of them in the 1900s. Yeah. We don't have those sorts of things now. It's all foster care. But back in those days, there was a lot of orphanages. There was a lot of kids brought up in squalor. A lot of people abused Tim, Absolutely, yeah. which is really sad. But what Leone's been able to do is to bring this organisation together mm. and give everyone a voice and actually getting them compensation for the abuse that they suffered through. And just an incredible person, an incredible story. There's a new orphanage museum yep. uh, open in Geelong to replace the old one, which will be opening soon. We'll talk about that. But without any further ado, I'd like to introduce the lovely, the amazing Leone Sheedy. Hey. Hello. Hello, Leone. How are you? Oh, not too bad for an old boiler. Oh, <laughs> you always go right, mate. You always go right. We were meant to speak a little bit earlier, but you were on the phone to someone in WA. I was helping a, an 82-year-old man who he um, was in Fairbridge in Pinjara in Western Australia, and um, he got his redress outcome, but it, it, it led to today. And, you know... He was so, he was too kind. He said, oh, it's okay, it didn't take, you know. And I said, no, it's not. You should have had this money ages ago. And um, I just, 
I can't believe that people in their 80s are having to wait so long. And there's still an 86-year-old lady from Victoria. You know, she's waiting for her, her outcome. They're treating... Shut me up if you don't want me to talk about it. No, that. absolutely not. This is really important. Well, the redress scheme is supposed to be for care leavers and I can only speak about care leavers. People who are in Australia's orphanages, children's homes, missions and foster care. And redress is supposed to be a non-adversarial way of getting some money for the crimes that were committed on children in those orphanages, children's home, missions and foster care. And sadly, the redress scheme, and scheme is a really important word, um, it treats them like insurance claims. So, Leonie, just for the listeners at home, redress was what the government promised, just like a, a compensation. And you you and your organisation and Joanna and everyone else that, that uh, from Clan fought so hard to get this and you finally got it. But that was back in 2009. Why are these people still waiting? Mm. Oh, well, the Royal Com- that was the apology in 2009, but the redress scheme only came... The Royal Commission recommended, a, you know, they, they listened to Clan and other, other people that the redress scheme be implemented and the Royal Commission recommended $200,000. However, the Liberal government did not listen to that recommendation. They listened to the churches and charities and state governments and they reduced the top amount from $200,000 down to $150,000. Weren't the churches and the charities the people that committed these crimes? Correct. So why do they listen to the perpetrators of the crimes? And I'm not saying that the people these days committed these crimes, but back in those days when all these crimes happened, that was who did it, were the people that were charged with looking after kids. Well, they're very powerful in Australian society, you know. You know, the redress was a a voluntary scheme. They allowed the organisations to opt into the redress scheme. We, we, We didn't get a choice to opt out of abuse. But they give the perpetrators of of these horrid crimes, they gave them a choice to opt into the National Redress Scheme. It doesn't make sense to me. I just don't get my head around that. I know how frustrating it is for you, Leone. I'll spend a little bit of time with you just doing a a promotional video for the Orphanage Museum. And I know that you are constantly on your phone trying to talk to people like you did tonight, uh, just help them through the frustration and the, you know, reliving their abuse over and over again because they're not getting paid, mate, and, and they should be by now. Like, why does it take so long for people to get what's rightfully theirs for everything that they cop? Now, the, the listeners might not know this, Leone, but how many kids are we talking about here? Well, because the redress scheme is only available to those who are sexually used, Um, There's a hierarchy of abuse in Australian society, so we only deem those who are sexually used in those orphanages and children's homes, foster care and and missions. We say, you know, our our society says that's the worst thing you can do to a child. Well, I don't agree with that, and many care leavers don't agree with it. They say the cruelty, the psychological abuse that was meted out to children daily, and we, that those... Those, that cruelty and humiliation on children every single day. 
we didn't witness such crimes on children every day, but we certainly witnessed the brutality and the floggings. And, oh, no. I think our country needs to acknowledge other forms of abuse and neglect dished out to the highly vulnerable Australian children who are in these hellholes. Yeah. And, you know, we're saying as a community, oh, any one of those who are sexually used. There was a man recently in Western, he was 93. He wasn't eligible for He was hit. He ran away when he was seven from the orphanage run by the Christian brothers who I call the criminal brothers um, he ran away and when he was brought back he was hit 87 times on his bottom in front of the whole class now he wasn't eligible for redress because his shorts were they were never stripped off his body but had his shorts been stripped of his body he probably would have been eligible for redress because they were hitting him on the bare bottom. And 87 times. Yes. Now, this is common. I've done a little bit of research, as you know, into all this, and it's appalling, not just their behaviour, but the fact that we know, most of Australia don't know about mm, this. True. Most of the people Australia don't know what kids went through back then right the way up till the 80s, I think, and a lot of people who were probably eligible for redress aren't with us anymore because they couldn't handle what happened to them. Um, I've been lucky enough to chat to a few through you and um, you can see the scars are there. They live with them every day and that's not uh, just through sexual abuse. The, 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 the torment, and I've read quotes from people saying the, the sexual stuff was actually not as bad as the psychological abuse that we cop day in, day out. And to hear that, that should really bring it home to people. I believe the figures, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Leonie, we're talking 400,000 kids, aren't we? Well, the Senate inquiry um, that did an inquiry in 2003, 2004, I think it was, they estimated that there were 500,000 Australians were affected by this childhood. I don't think we really know the numbers mm. you know children who who lost their parents and were in, you know placed in orphanages and institutions you know no votes in us no votes in our parents who are the the poor of Australian society you know many of our parents Luke were you know um, victims of the first world war and the second world war you know, many, many caregivers had parents who, who went away and fought for this country and their children are a hidden consequence of war that goes unacknowledged every Anzac day. Mm-hmm. And every, every time I speak to a, a caregiver over 65, I say, did your, did your dad fight in the Australian Army or the Defence Forces? Oh, yeah, but he was just an alcoholic bum. And I, I have to say, well, you know, he wasn't born an alcoholic bum. No. I need to know what mm. made him an alcoholic bum. You know, if he, if he fought for this nation, you know, he and he had to learn how to kill people, I'd be an alcoholic bum if I was. Yeah, take something out of it, wouldn't people. it? Yeah. We had to um, just bounce back like nothing happened. And having met a few vets and, and had a really great relationship with one bloke, who was just the loveliest guy, but at one stage there in his 50s, had a shotgun in his mouth because he just couldn't deal with everything mm. he went through until he started talking about it. Yeah. 
and then it was like a weight off his shoulders. So you, you can't understand, having not been through it, what those people did go through. But like you said, it, it's the unacknowledged crimes that went on that still, to mm. me, are still unacknowledged as far as society goes. So even though they've said sorry, the government, like they did with the Aboriginal kids, it's still not widely known. And if I hadn't have met you, I wouldn't know this story. So many kids abused and it's all come out now, but it's still not public knowledge. You mentioned the Stolen Generation apology. Well, the day that Kevin Rudd issued that apology, I lived in Sydney at the time and not many people know these, this account. But I was fielding phone calls in my driveway. I was crying my heart out listening to Kevin Rudd talk, you know, say, apologise to the Aboriginals. And I had people ringing me up so angry saying, when are they going to issue the apology to us? And I'd say, look, they will, they will. I won't let them get off the hook. You know, we won't let them get off the hook. You know, we will get it, you know. But it was extremely traumatic listening to the upset that, you know, care leavers felt, that they they had they listened to the Stolen Generation and they welcomed that, but they also triggered that they weren't being remembered on that particular day, and yet they'd been in the same orphanages as the Stolen Generation. We eventually got an apology on the 16th of November 2009. It was issued by Kevin Rudd and Malcolm Turnbull was the opposition leader. Malcolm Turnbull invited Joanna and I on the 14th of... Did I say the 16th of November, the Mm -hmm. apology? Well, on the 14th of November, we went to Malcolm Turnbull's office in Edgecliff in Sydney. And Malcolm Turnbull said to Joanna and I on that day, had Joanna's book, Orphans of the Living on the Table, and he had, I remember the biscuits, iced burgers, Oh, nice. Cup of tea. And he asked Joanna and I, had a man ever hit us? And Joanna said no. And I said no. And um, then when the Royal Commission was handed down in Sydney, I caught the lift up to the Royal Commission room with Malcolm Turnbull. And I said to him, hey, Malcolm... On the 14th of November 2009, you asked me a question once. You asked me in your office, had a man ever hit me? And I answered no. And I said, you know the question you never asked me? Had a woman ever hit me? And mm. I said, plenty of women have hit me. So I'm, I'm, I get very um, fed up with us, our society never speaking about women's violence and the nuns' violence in orphanages was horrific. And you've told me that before, that the nuns were the worst. Well, I only grew up with nuns, so I, I don't, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know what, you know, I've heard the stories of other care leavers of women's violence in other homes and, um, you know, I put a tweet up on Twitter today and it's from a lady, I think it's worthwhile reading. It's, um, she was in an orphanage, oh, sorry to tell you all these Western Australian stories, but she was in an orphanage for in Western Australia for one week. Two incidents stick in her mind. On the Saturday, we had to strip off our clothes and fold them neatly and put them in a big basket. I was the kind of child who was always anxious to please 
But as I dropped my singlet in the basket, it flopped back and became unfolded. My number, each child was given a number, was revealed. 33, I'll never forget it. My number was called out and I was caned until my hand bled. I was seven. My father, who was on sustenance, came to visit us and the nun in charge told me to keep my hands behind my back. But her father saw the injury and it's a wonder the heavens didn't hear him. He removed his child forthwith. She recalls to another incident of cruelty when a girl with whom she shared a room was clearly ill with a high temperature and couldn't get out of bed. A nun yanked her out of bed by her plait. I'm not making it up, I promise. It was just that inherent cruelty, wasn't it? I'm in charge, I'm going to do to you whatever I want. And I've read Joanna's book. So for those people who don't know, Joanna Penglace, you and her started Clan back in the early 2000s, I think it was? Yes. And the two of you reached out to form this community of of people who felt like they were alone their whole life. So your story in itself is just so incredible. But reading Joanna's book, is it Orphans of the Living? Orphans of the Living, growing up Uh here in 20th century Australia. Yep, and and there were so many stories of brutality that you, like, you'd cry reading it, going, how can you do this to a kid, you know? And not only that, it was just systematic. It was everywhere. And there were some orphanages and uh, places where... You don't want to go into it. It's that bad. But I just reckon listeners need to go and get that book, get a hold of it, and understand exactly what these people are talking about. They're not sitting there going, oh, what about me? You know, give me something, give me money. What they went through is something that nobody should ever, ever, ever go through. And we talk about things like the Holocaust, the Khmer Rouge and things like that, just absolute atrocities. We had atrocities right here in Australia with our own children who were in orphanages for nothing to do with them. It wasn't their fault to get put there. It was their parents uh, couldn't look after them or they died in the war, whatever it is. And the, the atrocities that those kids went through is disgusting. And nobody knows about it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody's interested in it. And when I found out, I just got angry that we don't, that this isn't taught in schools. Um, and it's just a massive cover-up still, as far as I'm concerned. And I really think anyone who's interested in this needs to go back and find Joanna's book, which was the first thing to expose any of this, wasn't it? Well, you know, Joanna, really, we owe her an enormous debt, Care Leavers, because she put that ad in, she put an ad in, did you grow up in a children's home? And I lived in Sydney at the time, and she put it in 175 New South Wales newspapers, and I saw it in the back room of my house. And I rang Warren, my long-suffering husband. <laughs> you know, we've been married for 48 years, the poor bugger. He <laughs> must have to wait to get you off the phone to be able to chat to you, I reckon. Well, there's an element of truth in that, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's either, you know, let Leonie do what she needs to do or she ends up in the psych ward. That's the reality <laughs> of it. Right? Well, you're so important to so many people as well, so he would understand that. And, you know, Warren, I rang Warren at work that day and I said, Warren, some, somebody's put an ad in, did you grow up in a children's home? And, you know, Warren, Warren's been married to me for a long time, but, you know, this is in 1992, I think it was. And, you know, like most people who've had a good enough family, 
everybody probably in Australia who's had a good enough family would answer like Warren did, right? Warren said, why don't you give her a call? And people who have been raised like me would most probably say, just like Leone said, oh, no, I'm not ringing that right. number. That mm. might be the welfare. That might be the anun. That might be a social worker. Well, you would struggle so, to trust anyone after what you guys went we, through. Yeah, it's very difficult to trust people. And, you know, we've, we've seen the darkest side of human nature at a very young age. And um, that screws around your um, feelings of being safe and um, being able to trust people. And um, so it took me three days, Warren nagging. It's usually the other way around. Warren nagged me to ring that number. And I rang Joanna, but I did not meet her for another eight years. And she didn't... She interviewed me um, briefly, but she was looking for New South Wales care leaders. And I was a Victorian who lived in Sydney at the time. So that was early but, 90s, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. 93, I think. And you guys 92. didn't actually start clan until 2000, is that correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah, right. And what was the driving force to start it? What was the moment where you said, we need to gather these people together and give them a voice? Well, I'd been yeah. doing a bit of work on my own. Um, you know, a TV show in Sydney, online <clears throat> at the moment, they did a story on state wards. And I, it was during the, the Woods Royal Commission into police corruption. And, um, you know, um, the New South Wales government put a, a 1800 number for state wards to ring a number if they wanted support. And I rang Channel 7 to say, if anybody needs support, please give my number out. And a, a fellow did ring me. And, um, we, and, you know, I'd started to do a little bit on my own going writing letters saying there needs to be support services and when joanna and i spoke she said to me oh, eight years later the only you were the one that was that i remembered you were the one that was the angriest one who said and where are the support services for us and so we we didn't meet for eight years and then you know we, there was another organization that we had contact with and uh, we looked at each other after coming out of a meeting and I said, let's form our own group, Joanna. Let's, let's call Australia's first public meeting for state wards and home children, as we were called in those days. And over 350 people came to that meeting. Wow. And people, people were overwhelmed. They were crying. People were really angry at us because we were holding it in a church. And people wouldn't even walk in the church. They, we were naive. We didn't understand the angst and the anger directed towards, towards the Catholic the church. church. Well, it, it probably makes a bit of sense now, especially now that everything's come out about what happened with the church and the pedophilia that was rife back in those days. Yeah. Do you feel a little bit... I know that you're still waiting for redress for a lot of people. And I know that you will keep fighting that and you're on speed dial with all the politicians and you make sure they know that you're around and that you're still not happy. And it's fantastic that you do that. Do you feel a little bit vindicated that, that it has come out now? Was that a, a moment of vindication for you personally and for your group and Joanna where you go, well, we haven't finished our fight, but at least we know that we've been vindicated? I don't really know because, you know, I, I sort of feel like apologies can come very cheap. Words are cheap. Actions speak more. 
And I sort of feel like, you know, they apologise to people of all, you know, for all forms of abuse and neglect. And, you know, the Royal Commission was important work and I'll never denigrate it. But really, they only got a small section of, of the cruelty and the crimes committed on children in, in our situation. We were the government's children and we've only acknowledged a small section of what happened to us. And I feel that our work is not done until, you know, there's an, you know, they need to compensate all care leaders for the cruelty and the unpaid labour we did in orphanages, on farms, in laundry, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that has to be acknowledged. We weren't going to school. We were busy working as domestic slaves and, and making the churches and charities rich. You know, the good, good shepherd nuns had laundries in every capital city of Australia and they used the labour of young teenage girls working on mangles, the mangles and the laundry and ironing and some girls lost their, their, um, their arms in the mangles. Um, their bodies are worn down from the labour they did as children and yet the nuns were getting free water, free, free labour and, and um, free rates. They didn't have to pay land rates, they didn't have to pay wages and they were getting all the, they were running commercial laundry. The Selvos yeah. did that as well. And I feel that, you know, our work is not done until we recognise all forms of abuse and neglect done to children. It's not just the, the sexual abuse. Because sexual abuse, I think, is more sensational in the mm. eyes of the media and things like that. But, you know, to talk about someone getting smacked on the bottom 87 times, let's go, oh, well, that's just, you know, even at school you got your hand smacked. It wasn't that. Where they were treated like crap. They were like kids who were just treated like dogs. And they grew up like that with no one they could talk to, no one they could tell. If they did try and tell someone, no one would believe them. And it was just all across the country. Like People don't understand how rife it was. And it's only through the great work of you and Joanna and Clan, and I know you've got a great team there at Clan now, that even these stories are starting to come out now. But it's still not quite in the public sphere as much as it should be, I think. What you are doing, you also have started up a museum. Oh, yes, it's very exciting, Luke, and you've done a great job with our video. Is Tim there? Yeah, no, I'm here, yeah. Yep, he's Tim, there. don't forget to ask questions too. No, no, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just listening. <laughs> he's, um, he's here, he's, just, he's hearing a lot of this for the first time, so... Oh, right, so yeah. he's a bit overwhelmed, I suppose, hey? But it is, it is quite a bit to take in. And I'm sure the listeners at home would be listening to this going, oh, surely it couldn't have been that bad. Trust me, it was. You know, when you made that comment about, oh, yeah, well, I got, I got, you know, hit at school. The big difference between that is hopefully when you went home to mum and dad and you told them about being whacked at school, your mother or your father gave you a bit of comfort. Mm. There was no comfort for children in orphanages. And no hope. No end of it. It was just constant and it was every day for their whole childhood. And I don't think we talk enough about the witnessing of abuse on other children. You know, when you heard the nuns screaming, run the bath, run the bath, and they would throw girls into the bath and you would you just hear silence. 
You know, you wouldn't hear that girl screaming anymore because her head's under the water, right? Mm. Anyway, back to the Orphanage Museum. It's very exciting. The Commonwealth Government gave Clan $2 million to purchase a site. Wow. And we um, bought a place in Geelong, in 351 Rory Street in Geelong. It will be opened next year. We're not sure of the date yet. Um, the building cost 1.8. We're very appreciative of the Australian taxpayers who have worked hard for their money. And, um, you know, I've been a taxpayer since I was 16. And lots of care leavers have paid their taxes. And um, this money is... Um, we appreciate that the government trusted claim with the taxpayers' dollars. So we had $200,000 out of the $2 million to do renovations and um, and a lot of it was done by volunteers. Yeah, um, I met some of the lovely one. guys and girls down there who've wow. been helping out. The clannies, they're a pretty tight bunch, the clannies. So, you know, we, we really want to encourage anybody who's listening tonight if your grandma or your mum or dad grew up in an orphanage and they've got any memorabilia, please donate it to the Orphanage Museum. Please don't let it go to landfill. You know, it won't do anybody any good in landfill, but, they, you know, we will honour and treasure your, your parents or your own objects. You know, I always speak to care leavers and say, have you got any photographs? Have you got anything? Did you leave that orphanage with anything? You know, have you still got it? And a lot of them don't have anything other than their memories. But a lot of people do have stuff secreted in their house. And if you were to go into my bedroom, even today, and you wouldn't realise the significance of something that is on my dressing table. And I've said to one, make sure that goes to the museum after I pass it, you know, mm. because I want my stuff to go. I want it to be looked after. I want it to be preserved and I want it to be visible. Yeah. And, you know, because... Because you guys didn't have much, did you? Oh, we didn't have much. And, you know, like, I've got a lot of things considering my sisters helped me. They gave me things. They were in the orphanage and then they left. They joined the Air Force and... One particular sister would come back and she would give us stuff, send me stuff. And, you know, I remember she'd always buy me a toothbrush and toothpaste. And, you know, I used to think, why am I getting this stuff for you? And it's shit, really. But anyway, it was really lovely that she bought that stuff. And, you know, mm. we, we didn't... Anyway, it, there's a lot of people who had no one to buy things for them, you know? Yeah. And I've been extremely fortunate. Geelong and Districts had the most orphanages outside the capital city of Australia. Yeah, right. Ballarat had an awful lot. We do have a lot of objects from from Ballarat, but we're always looking for more objects and um, photographs, anything, personal history. Excellent. And just to show people how rife this was, right, I was telling a friend of mine, I won't mention any names, about yeah. what you do and the work and what happened, and he said, look, my dad was in one of those orphanages, and... I know his dad very well. I never knew that about him. And he said, yeah, he was abused, you know, without going into it too much. He, he grew up with a lot of trauma in his life. And when I contacted his dad, we ended up getting him to come in and bring some photographs into you. And oh, yeah. there's probably a good chance that everyone listening to this will know someone or know someone who knows someone that was one of these 500,000 kids that we're talking about. 
it, it was rife. And only through the work of yourself and your, I know you've got a great team there at Clam. And, you know, Joanna's sort of probably a little bit withdrawn from it this, these days, but, but she's yeah. certainly done her bit over the years to uh-huh. kickstart this. What a great organisation you run. What an amazing woman you are. Yeah, yeah, um, I feel privileged to know you and to consider you a friend. And all we can say is just keep doing what you're doing, mate, because you are making people's lives better than what they could ever have hoped to be through acceptance, through believing them, through uh, listening to them. Sometimes you just listen and uh, you're an incredible person, Leonie Sheedy. And for the Orphanage Museum opening next year, I will be there. I'll film it for you and do all that. Yeah. And um, better be. Yeah. I will be and there Tim, for sure. Show your face at, at the. I'll come along too. Okay. Absolutely. Tim will be there. Bring him along. Oh, Tim um, will be there. We're like house husbands these days. He'll be my date. <laughs> I'll stop it. I like it. <laughs> Leonie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. I know you're very busy. And anyone listening, you need to get along to the Orphanage Museum when it opens up next year. Uh, in the meantime, where can they find out a little bit more information about CLAN and their great work they do? www.clan.org.au or the 1-800 number, 1-800-008-774. Or if they want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, have a look at CLAN underscore AU, or that's for Twitter. Uh, for Insta, it's Carelevers. I think I can't yep. really remember that one, but um, you know, we we don't know everything, and we we we've done our best over twenty one years of helping people, and you know, I I can't stand the injustice, and I saw too much of it as a child, and you know, one of the good things that you know came out of my orphanage experience is, you know, I learned to be a fighter. And I, I don't mind putting my fighting skills to help care leavers because we haven't got many people on our team, mm. you know, who have our back. Because I think, you know, you said before that not many people know about it. I think there's a section of Australian society that does know. And they're ashamed by what, what they participated in. And, um, As they you know, be. they just... Mm, as they, they should be. They want to come and die. Yep, they want it buried, and that's um, not what we want. We want this to come. We want this to be taught in schools, and we want this to for people to understand, mm. so it can never ever happen again. No word. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, as you can hear, I can talk the legs off a table. <laughs> <laughs> you are an absolute ripper, and one of my favourites. And it's really great to have you on the show finally. And um, looking forward to catching up soon. Okie dokie. Hooroo. Thanks. 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 Bye bye. Yeah, I know I've got you with that one. Oh, thing. mate, if that doesn't get you going, nothing will. Nothing will. Yeah. A little bit of TNT, a little bit of dynamite. Perhaps on the on the headphones on the Walkman as a young fella before a football game, perhaps. Yeah. On your mixtape that you've, you know, recorded off the radio. Yeah. My mate of mine used to just play Rocky soundtrack before each footy game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or just pump them up like that. Yeah, I think there was a few from that soundtrack that, you know, everyone would know. Yeah, absolutely. That he used to just listen to his headphones all the time. How'd he go on the field? No, shit house. Yeah. 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 You've got to direct it, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the pump up in the world doesn't help for ability. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's so true. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. what a great chat we've had, Liam. Oh, Leone, amazing. Mate. Incredible person and people get along to the Orphanage Museum. It's going to open next year. There was one already mm. in July. Oh, was it? Yeah, but it was like a, a substitute waiting for the, okay. the main one. By the time they get it up and going, just incredible part of Australia's history that is so neglected and I'm so passionate about this. You are. You need to understand what these people went through. Absolutely. And it should be common knowledge for everyone. All right, we won't go on about too much because we are a comedy show. We are. Well, we try and be. Wow. Sort of comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but well, I mean- Let's just, finish strong. Come on. All right. Have we got a joke for people? Um, uh, no. You're going for a poo. <laughs> you say that every <laughs> no, episode. No, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not going at all. No, not this that's time. That's something I could have used yeah, in the last actually, couple yeah, of days. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. After a couple of days of That's right, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I'm surprised that I'm not- Recording from the bathroom. No, that's actually. right. Like all you'd have to do right now is bear down slightly, and half the universe would <laughs> empty out your asshole. <laughs> there couldn't be anything left. Oh, there can't be anything left. Uh, anyway, there. we don't want to talk about that. Shit way to end the yeah, show. Hey. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. As always, hope everyone has a merry Christmas. Oh, merry Christmas, happy New Year, happy New Year, and please, if you can. Before you even stop listening to this podcast, if you could please leave us a review oh, at, at the please. place where you are listening to us right now, that would be fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. And if you write in, here you go. If you leave a review, we see it. We'll read it out next week. Hundred percent. We'll do. When we come next back. episode. Next episode. We'll read it out, and we'll yep. say these are the people that read out reviews. So yep. if you want to get on our podcast, just leave a review, mate. We'll read it out. Done. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care, and uh, everyone have a great and safe New Year. Here, here. Not not. Shut down.